Good evening, everyone. Can you believe that it's two weeks until Christmas? I certainly cannot, but Christmas seems to be everywhere, doesn't it? It is interrupting our lives, interrupting our schedules. Everything is Christmas-themed. And let's be honest, it gets earlier and earlier each year. Each year, Michael Bublé, I feel like, is just sneaking into those supermarkets just that little bit earlier. But then everything's exciting. You might see holiday adverts on the TV, and you might see the Coke truck and know that holidays are coming. Personal highlight for me there. Um, but Christmas is all around us, and we've been exploring, like Kate said, this question of what Christmas means to every single one of us. And I wanted to start this morning by thinking back to the first Christmas and think about Mary and what Christmas would have meant to Mary. We read about Mary in the Gospel of Luke, in the Bible, and in chapter 1. We don't know loads and loads about her, uh, but verses 26 to 27 say this. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. If you've ever seen any films which have, like, of the nativity, or maybe you've been to a school play or a production, quite often when we see this scene portrayed, Mary's usually doing something like sweeping the floor, or she's cooking, or, or doing something quite normal, quite mundane. And I think probably that's exactly what she was doing. When I visualize this scene, I think she was just living her ordinary, everyday life, when suddenly she was interrupted, wasn't she? God interrupts, and God interrupts via the angel Gabriel. And he interrupts her routine. She would not have been expecting to be, expecting to be visited by an angel, just like I don't think any of us would probably expect that on a usual Sunday evening, perhaps. So what happens next? Verse 28 says, The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And then in verse 30, he continues, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And actually, in verse 35, he goes on to say he'll be called the Son of God. So God speaks to Mary through the angel Gabriel. He gives her this very extraordinary message about what is going to happen, this incredible message that she is to bear the Son of God. Like I said a second ago, that's not your ordinary, everyday message now, is it? After some more kind of chatting about how this could happen, Mary gives this incredible response. In verse 38, she says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. So in that moment, Mary said yes to God's plan for her life. And Mary's life suddenly got a lot more complicated. Mary's life suddenly was transformed by God. Everything changed in that moment for Mary. So for Mary, Christmas meant that God interrupted. It meant that God spoke, and it meant that God transformed. 
like Kate said earlier, I don't know exactly what Christmas means to every single one of us, whether it's a joyful time or an agonizing one, or maybe, probably for most of us, it's somewhere in the middle of those two extremes. But I believe this Christmas that God wants to do for us the same things he did to Mary that first Christmas. He wants to interrupt our lives, whatever they look like, however mundane, however messy, however in between, however you think your life looks like. God wants to interrupt. God wants to speak to us. God wants to speak to you. He wants to comfort you. He wants to be in relationship with you. He wants to walk alongside you. And he wants to transform our lives, to bring hope in the midst of sorrow, joy in the midst of despair, peace in the midst of anguish. This Christmas, I think that God wants to interrupt. He wants to speak, and he wants to transform, just like he did with Mary. This evening, um, obviously, we're going to be thinking about Christmas, um, and in this talk particularly, we're going to be thinking about what Christmas meant to Joseph. Well, as I'm sure, well, at, at le- as at least one of us can relate to, Joseph's Christmas was probably a little bit carnage. <laughs> Joseph was engaged to Mary, a woman who was pregnant with a child that wasn't his. On top of that, he was required to register for a census, which, among other things, is a reminder to us all that bureaucracy is timeless. And also, for anyone that needs to be reminded, uh, tax returns need to be submitted by the end of January. So <laughs> let it never be said, we don't provide useful public service announcements. Not only did he have to fill out a census, but in order to fill out the census, Joseph had to travel from his home of Nazareth to Bethlehem. So it was a journey of about 70 miles, probably would have taken him around three days. May sound like a long time, but do bear in mind he is traveling at Christmas. There were undoubtedly many demands and pressures on Joseph here, but what ties them all together is family. The reason that Joseph travels to Bethlehem is because he belonged to the house and line of David. Being a member of the family of David, king of Israel, even though David lived a millennium before Joseph, still held significance for him today. And likewise, Joseph is committed to having Mary as his wife and for Jesus as his son. Mary and Joseph travel together to Bethlehem, and while they are there, the time comes for Jesus to be born. And despite Jesus' somewhat unusual parentage, it's made clear elsewhere in the Bible that Jesus was thought of by others as Joseph's son. Joseph had welcomed this child into his family too. And Joseph's experience at Christmas demonstrates the significance of family to him and the significance of family to God as well. I know for some of us, thinking about family at Christmas can be an extremely difficult thing for all sorts of reasons. We may not have family to spend with, we may not be close with them. We may be worried about family tensions, or we may be facing a first Christmas without a loved one. For many and various reasons, earthly families can be complicated and difficult. But the story of Christmas and Joseph's experience of it shows us what it means to be a member of God's family. Elsewhere in the Bible, it tells us this about Jesus. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. 
And that's true for each one of us here today. Each one of us has received an invitation to join God's family. And not just as some second cousin twice removed at the fringes of the family, but as a son or daughter of God himself, with all the rights and privileges that that entails. Each one of us has received this invitation through Jesus, and this is an invitation we can accept today. And once we're in God's family, God is faithful to us. No matter who we are or what we've done, no matter how far away we may feel or how far we may feel we have to come, Jesus' birth at Christmas reminds us that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Good evening, everyone. Here's my question for you, picking up where Daniel left off. What is the best invitation that you've received in your life? You know, these days we get invitations to all kinds of things, don't we? Maybe it's to parties, a birthday party, or I know, New Year's Eve is coming up, isn't it? Perhaps a, maybe a World Cup party, as gutting as it was last night to watch Harry Kane just, just go over the top of the goal there with his penalty. Maybe life events, don't we invite people along to life events, whether that's like wedding or graduation or baptism. And maybe you were invited here to church tonight. One of the biggest invitations that I've uh, ever given someone else uh, was when I asked Holly to marry me, um, and I wanted to go really big for it. So on the Friday night, I sent her a text. I said, so tomorrow morning, like, be ready at this time, and uh, you need some boots and a coat. And then I kind of came by in my car, and, and uh, she got in, and I drove us five hours north up to the Lake District. We got out, walked her all the way up Blencather, one of the mountains in the Lake District, and I asked her to marry me at the top. Um, and she said yes, which was great. Um, I hadn't actually made a plan for after that, so we then could like, oh, we're stuck up here. Anyway, but um, I went big, and, and she said yes. All sorts of invitations that we receive. Uh, but how about this one? How about the invitation to meet the creator of the cosmos himself? Could that be possible? Could it be true? Now, part of the story of that first Christmas 2,000 years ago um, is shepherds getting invited by angels to come and see the baby Jesus. And here's how Luke, who is a contemporary of Jesus Christ, who wrote a gospel, wrote an account of Jesus' life, here's how Luke put it. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. What did Christmas mean for those shepherds? It meant the best invitation they had ever received, to come and see God himself for themselves, to meet God in his son, Jesus, to be welcomed into God's family, to know an unconditional love that no human being can match and offer us, and to have a freedom from 
guilt and shame that so often characterizes our lives. It was an invitation given to those ordinary shepherds, normal people, just like me and just like you. And it's for us today as well. And, you know, when we receive an invitation, there's a few ways we can respond, isn't there? Um, You know, we can ignore it. We can leave it as unread. Anyone do that? Uh, We can say, yeah, maybe. You know, and then we know full well it's not going to happen. Or maybe we can be, we're so excited. We're like, yes, 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 I'm in. You know, I'm in with bells on. going to jump in, going to tell everyone about it. That's another way we can respond to an invitation. Or how about this? Sometimes I feel like we can, I don't know about you, but I can feel like I'm reluctant. I don't really want to, but I know that I should. You know, it's something that I should do. There's this, this feeling, it kind of nags at me. Andy, this is something you need to check out. And so I wonder, what is your response to that invitation to come and see Jesus for yourself this Christmas season? Is it one we're tempted to ignore? Uh, Is it one that we're really excited about? Sounds great. Or are we feeling reluctant? We're not sure, but maybe there's that nagging feeling. I want to suggest to you that this is an invitation worth exploring. That's why here at St. Paul's we run the Alpha course. Um, It's going to be starting up in January, and Alpha is a perfect opportunity to come and explore questions of life, of faith, of meaning, purpose, Jesus, the Bible. Uh, It's free. No question is off limits. There's no pressure. Uh, We'll have flyers which we'll hand out to you as you leave, and please consider them an invitation to come and join us for Alpha next term. And in the meantime, why not chat with a friend? Or come along uh, to one of our Christmas services or events that are coming. There's so much that's going on at St. Paul's over the next two weeks. Or perhaps maybe read it for yourself, uh, what's been written about Jesus, about his birth, about his life, his death and his resurrection. Um, We'd love to give you a copy of one of these uh, Luke's Gospels, uh, Luke's account of Jesus' life. Uh, You can have it for free um, on your way out. The shepherds were invited on an adventure of discovery to explore what Christmas truly means by answering that invitation to come and see Jesus for themselves. How about for us? How about for us?